I'm Ed Buford with Rock and Bee Land and Cattle in Huntington, Texas. And we're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture, Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. We have got a cold Christmas time edition of Texas Ag Today up and ready to roll for you. So why don't you jump on in with me and buckle up. We got that heater running on high as we take a ride around the Lone Star State to cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, yeah, boy, we have had some seriously cold temperatures across Texas. And when you have these types of temperature swings, that causes a lot of stress on livestock. We'll have that story coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the piney woods of East Texas to the rocky ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. In making decisions for next season, many Texas High Plains farmers face the choice of sorghum versus cotton. I'm James Hunt, and coming up on Texas Ag Today, we'll look at how that's shaping up for 2023. The West Texas cotton harvest is about completed after a very challenging year. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have more on the South Plains cotton crop, along with progress on winter wheat, all on Texas Ag Today. Fair trade with Mexico must be protected. American farmers and farm groups are asking the U.S. administration to reject Mexico's plans to ban the importation of biotech corn and agriculture products. I'm Gary Joyner, and I'll have details on Texas Ag Today. We'll have those stories, plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. Well, we have gotten our first taste of severe winter weather across Texas, and as always, it will take a toll on livestock. And the worst issue livestock are dealing with is the massive swings in temperature that we've seen over the past week. When you change the temperatures 50 to 60 degrees in a 24-hour period of time, that's hard on all living things, including our cattle that are out on the range and in our feed yards and stocker cattle operations and so forth. That's Hemp Hill County agent Andy Holloway. He says those types of temperature swings are sure to cause some sick cattle in the aftermath of the storm. And that's not the only problem that Arctic temperatures can cause. They will also expose the weaknesses in a cattle operation. We find where we have weak pipes that might be cracked that we didn't know about or other things that we've got to deal with on extreme days that were weak going into this that we didn't know about. And that includes cows. There are certain cows that just have gotten weak, especially cows that have been on short grass and hadn't had the proper nutrition they needed through the warm season months that this drought has brought on. A lot of times where you have no roughage and you're not feeding those cows with supplemental hay and feed, there's a lot of weak cows in those herds. And those kind of cattle are real at risk 
in this situation with an extreme cold weather deal like this. Holloway says we are fortunate that God created cattle to handle extreme weather like we've seen, as long as ranchers provide some extra feed and hay to help them get through it. The U.S. House of Representatives will be run by Republicans in the next Congress, and that means a change in leadership of the House Agriculture Committee. G.T. Thompson of Pennsylvania will be the new chairman of that committee. Corpus Christi Congressman Mike Cloud has served with Thompson on the Ag Committee for the past two years. He's a hard worker. Uh, he's very cognizant of the fact that, uh, you know, we can't have a one-size-fits-all approach to ag and some of the solutions, you know, that, that even this administration's tried to bring to bear. Uh, you know, he's been he's been to Texas a number of times just in the last year. Uh, he's been to, been to my district, uh, you know, a couple times. And, and uh, we've, we've toured facilities together. We've, we've toured farms together, uh, you know, and so... He's, he's doing the good work of reaching out, making sure that we keep the whole country in mind. Thompson was in Central Texas just a couple of months ago, meeting with farm leaders and other government officials. Many Texas High Plains farmers are making planting decisions for next year. James Hunt looks at the choice of sorghum versus cotton. With Texas High Plains farmers mulling over how to divide up their acres for the next growing season, sorghum versus cotton is a major consideration. Looking at the economics, sorghum prices are pretty good at the present time, whereas... The cotton price, at least right now, is not looking just real favorable, and the input cost on cotton is a lot higher than it is on sorghum. And so I think those are two big reasons to consider grain sorghum or even a silage sorghum or forward sorghum. That's Brent Bean with the Sorghum Checkoff, who says beyond the economic comparisons, there can be an agronomic benefit for cotton farmers if they switch to sorghum in the coming season. I think something that's important to remember is those cotton crops almost always do better following sorghum compared to, say, continuous cotton. And so, say you do go to sorghum this year, I think you're probably enhancing your chances for a better yield on cotton the following year. Now, going back to economic considerations, Dr. Bean says sorghum farmers who are near an ethanol plant could see some opportunities. That is something I think people probably ought to look at because it's my understanding there's going to be some pretty good prices offered by the ethanol plants. In fact, we're making some plans to have a couple of grower meetings at Plainview and Hereford in January to talk about that very thing. And when dates and times for those meetings get firmed up, we'll pass that information along to you. Speaking of meetings, several extension events are coming up right after the holidays, including the Lano Estacado Cotton Conference January 5th in Muleshoe, the Southern Mesa Ag Conference in La Mesa, also on January 5th, and the West Plains Crops Conference in Leveland on January 6th. Call your local Extension office for more details. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The West Texas cotton harvest is just about done after a very challenging year. Tom Nicoletti goes to the Southern Plains for an update. We go to West Texas now, and Eddie Griffiths is standing by in Lubbock. And uh, Eddie, the cotton harvest on the South Plains is uh, quite a ways along. Uh, What's the update? Well, it is quite a ways along, Tom. We didn't have very far to go because you know, most of the crop had been released for this year. What was left out there, I would say 90, 95% harvested. And it's kind of been tough on producers the last 
few weeks just trying to get the rest of that crop out. We've had some moisture here and there that has slowed things down, but I know that producers would just soon get that crop out of the field and gins especially to try to alleviate some of the the cost because I know there are plans to have a lot of those gins shut down by the end of November and and for sure by the end of December so they're not consuming that electricity and and paying those extra costs. What about the winter wheat crop at this point? Winter wheat crop looks really good, Tom. The moisture I mentioned about the cotton has really helped the wheat crop, whether it be irrigated, dry land. It all looks about the same right now, and and that's very beneficial for uh, livestock that's out grazing right now and we keep getting moisture here and there and you know that's moving the crop along eddie thanks for your report thank you tom that is eddie griffiths he is reporting for us today from west texas i'm tom nicoletti with the texas farm bureau radio network fair trade with mexico must be protected Gary Joyner tells us American farmers and farm groups are asking the U.S. administration to reject Mexico's plans to ban the importation of GMO corn and other biotech products. Mexico wants to phase out the importation of biotech corn and agricultural products. American farmers and farm groups, such as the American Farm Bureau Federation, reject the idea. They say it breaks the terms of the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement. The ban also flies in the face of scientific research. U.S. growers are encouraging U.S. Secretary of Agriculture Tom Vilsack to press for fair trade between the U.S. and Mexico. Texas is a significant producer of white corn, along with other states such as Nebraska, Illinois, Kentucky, and Indiana. White corn is used for tortillas, chips, and other food products. The U.S. exported 1.6 million metric tons of white corn in the 2021-22 marketing year, most of it to Mexico, according to the U.S. Department of Agriculture. The U.S. shipped a total of 3 million tons of yellow food-grade corn and white corn combined to Mexico in 2021. That's roughly 18% of the total amount of corn sent to Mexico for the year. This import ban will only hurt the people of Mexico and America's farmers, farmers who are dedicated to growing safe and affordable food for families on both sides of the border. The integrity of the USMCA must be upheld. That can't happen if the U.S. allows Mexico to ban any forms of genetically engineered crops. All decisions must be based on science. I'm Gary Joyner for Texas Ag Today. To protect stocked largemouth bass on Lake Forest Park in Denton County, the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department is considering a rule change there. I'm Jessica Dolmel, and I'll have more coming up on Texas Ag Today. And a large number of horses have died in Louisiana and surrounding states. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. Texas Farm Bureau has served farm families in rural Texas for nearly 90 years. We're pleased to offer new affordable health care coverage choices for all Texans through Texas Farm Bureau Health Plans. You do not need to be a member to inquire and apply. Plans are available anytime. There is no open enrollment period. Our United Healthcare Choice Plus network of providers is one of the largest available. For more information about the different plans, how to apply, or to get a quote for you, your family, or your small business, visit tfbhealth.com. 
We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. A large number of horses have died in Louisiana and surrounding states. Dr. Bob Judd says it may be a case of botulism in certain alfalfa cubes. Manzanola Feeds from Colorado is recalling certain lots of their Top of the Rockies brand alfalfa cubes as they believe the cubes may be contaminated with botulism. The recalled product has been sold in Louisiana, Arkansas, Colorado, Illinois, Kansas, Missouri, New Mexico, Oklahoma, and Texas. So if you're feeding this feed, stop feeding it and call Manzanola Feeds to see if the lot numbers of your feed are affected. If so, call your equine veterinarian immediately. Botulism is a toxin produced by the bacteria Clostridium botulinum and is extremely potent. This is the same toxin that is used for injecting humans for various conditions called Botox, but with a low dose. The organism grows and the toxin is produced typically when dead animals are trapped in the feed. The toxin causes a potentially fatal toxicity causing blurred vision, difficulty swallowing, difficulty breathing, muscle weakness, abdominal distension, and constipation. There is an antitoxin for botulism treatment, but it must be used early in the disease to be effective. So if you have horses with any of these symptoms, call your veterinarian immediately. Again, if you have any Top of the Rockies brand alfalfa cubes, stop feeding the feed and inform your veterinarian that you have been feeding this feed. Avoid handling the cubes and use disposable gloves, a face mask, and disinfect any feed containers with 1 to 10 dilution of household bleach for 20 minutes. As of this December the 21st, 45 horses have died associated with this issue. I'm Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The Texas Parks and Wildlife Department is considering a rule change to protect largemouth bass in Denton County. Jessica Domel explains in today's Wildlife Report. Recent improvements and renovations at Lake Forest Park in Denton County have led to a proposal that could impact anglers. Michael Tennant, Regulations and Policy Coordinator for the Inland Fisheries Division at the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department, explained the proposal to the Texas Parks and Wildlife Commission. Lake Forest Park is a 15-acre community fishing lake located in the city of Denton's Forest Park. Lake Forest Park has recently been renovated to improve the fishery and provide quality urban angling opportunities. Renovations include dam replacement, silt removal, a pedestrian bridge, shoreline access, including a dock and kayak launch, fish habitat, and fish stocking. The fishery's management goal for Lake Forest Park is to develop a quality, self-sustaining largemouth bass population. It is important to provide protection to those initial year classes of stocked largemouth bass to achieve the fisheries management goal. Current largemouth bass regulations follow the statewide standard and daily bag limit of five for black bass and 14-inch minimum length limit. The potential rule change would implement a catch and release only regulation to protect initial year classes of largemouth bass. The proposed rule change is one of several the Parks and Wildlife Commission will hear at its January meeting. Other proposed changes would clarify the definition of community fishing lakes, or CFLs, would continue largemouth bass special exceptions for selected CFLs that have not yet been determined, would clarify a two-pole and line limit for CFLs and man-made structures within a state park, would delineate upstream reservoir boundaries for Choke Canyon Reservoir and OHIV Reservoir, correct an upstream reservoir boundary for Lake Conroe, and modify harvest regulations for bass on Lake Nasworthy. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. 
cattle, cotton, and grains all ended the week higher on Friday. We'll take a look at all the week ending livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. When we moved to Texas, we were like fish out of water. We didn't know anyone in our neighborhood until our Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent came to the house. She was so helpful and reassuring, a friendly face with that Texan hospitality I'd heard about. When we purchased a Texas Farm Bureau insurance policy, we knew we were making the right choice. We knew our family would be protected. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to find an insurance agent who's a true neighbor. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. Higher cash fed cattle trade as well as a big jump in box beef prices. All combined to help move live cattle futures higher on Friday. We ended the week with December live cattle up a dollar, 156.90. February up 45, 157.75, while April live cattle were up 50 cents, 161.82. Feeder cattle finishing higher also. January feeders up 2 cents, 184 even. March feeder cattle up 30 at 186.75. While April broke above the 190 mark, it was up 35 cents to close at 190.25. Cash fed cattle trade picked up on Friday and we saw more money. $1 higher at 156 selling cattle here in Texas. Up north, dress cattle sold for mostly 249, that also a dollar higher than last week's average. Boxed beef prices on Friday took a big jump. Choice up 674 at 27195. Select up 366 24547. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Riley Rhodes had his last sale of the year in Three Rivers Monday. Riley, I understand you caught nine ninety four. Tell us how they sold. Market was fully steady with last week. Pleased with that. You know, I thought uh, that maybe the quality wasn't quite as good as last week. Overall, uh, thought everything was pretty much steady. I uh, didn't have any cow, uh, any pairs really to speak of today. Had a handful of bred cows brought from seven twenty five to eleven fifty. Packer cows and bulls were fully steady with last week. Uh, seventy two to eighty on your high yielding cows. Sixty eight to seventy four on your break. 32 to 62 in the canners. Bull market, the high yielding bulls, 92 to 98. Low to medium, 78 to 92. The two to three weight choice steers, 188 to 230. Heifer mates, 162 to 188. Three to four weight choice steers, 162 to 218. Heifer mates, 152 to 180. Four to five weight choice steers, 170 to 202. Heifer mates, 148 to 172. Five to six weight choice steers, 164 to 192. The heifer mates, 146 to 162. Six to seven weight choice steers, 148 to 168. Heifer mates 140 to 156, and the seven to eight weight cattle, your choice steers 144 to 158, and the heifer mates 132 to 148. Well, tell everybody how to get a hold of you for that next sale when you come back. You bet. It'll be uh, on Monday, January the 9th is when we'll come back. You can call me anytime, though, during the holidays on my cell phone, 361-813-6650. The ladies will be in the office most of the days, uh, 361-786-2553, and always go to the website for updates. 
updates and that's liveoaklivestock.com and sure want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas and Happy New Year and we're very thankful for all our friendships and uh, buyers and sellers and camaraderie and uh, just wish uh, and hope that everybody has a great holiday season. Neighbor, that's our Livestock Auction Market Report. We'll see you next time right here as we walk the pens. I'm Larry Marble for Texas Ag Today. Thanks, Larry. Back over to the futures market now, where lean hogs dropped lower on Friday. February hogs down a dollar twenty-two, eighty-seven, eighty-two. April hogs down a dollar sixty-five at ninety-five, thirty-seven. Class three milk was mixed. December milk down two cents, twenty fifty-three a hundredweight. While January milk was up twenty-one cents, nineteen forty-six a hundred. The cotton market finishing higher on Friday after taking that limit down move Thursday. March cotton was up 91 points to end the week at 85.21. May cotton up 133 points, 85.18. While December was up 145 points to close at 82.52 cents. The corn market finished higher on Friday, ending up with a 13-cent gain for the week. The market was encouraged by the export sales report released Thursday morning. It showed the best weekly movement of corn shipments this season, but still well below year-ago levels. March corn up five and three quarters, 666 and a quarter. New crop September corn up one and three quarters at 616 and three quarters. Fear of winter kill from the Arctic blast continues to push wheat prices higher. March Kansas City wheat up eight and three quarters, eight seventy-four and three quarters. New crop July was up nine and a quarter, eight sixty-two a bushel. Even bigger gains in soft wheat. March Chicago wheat up thirteen and three quarters, seven seventy-six a bushel. While new crop July was up eleven and a half, seven eighty-six and a quarter. In the energy markets, January natural gas up eight cents on Friday, five oh seven. While February West Texas crude was up two oh seven, seventy-nine fifty-six a barrel. The financial markets finished slightly higher Friday. Dow Jones Industrial Average up 176 points, 33,203. The Nasdaq up 21 at 10,487. The S&P up 22, 3,884. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. I'm Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the U.S. of A., Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.